today just thinking about the next several weeks and what we have going on and just really thinking about where we are. I've been thinking about our theme. Been thinking about our theme, this year's theme for our church. You know, I hope you remember. I hope you remember that back in March that we we shared a new theme for this year. We, I'm reminded I, 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 that we reminded everyone of our vision, and we know that our vision is that we are to become a fellowship of believers who are winning souls for the kingdom of God. So in saying this, we, un- we come to understand that if we are going to win souls for the kingdom of God, then we must be in his steps. We come to understand that if we're going to love, live, and share the gospel, then we must walk in his steps. If we're going to win our one to the Lord, then we must be in his steps steps so our theme for this year has been in his steps so now that we're in the last quarter of this year my question is are we still in his steps if you have your bibles turn with us to hebrews chapter 11 we're going to look in verses 1 through 3 and these are very familiar verses some of you may can even quote the first verse I wonder if we can quote the two that go behind it but as you're turning there in chapter 11 of the book of Hebrews verses 1 through 3 I I read this story about this little two-year-old boy by the name of David who had leukemia he was taken by his mother to a hospital in Boston To see Dr. Truman. Dr. Truman specialized in treating children with various uh, cancers or blood diseases. And Dr. Truman gave a prognosis to David's family that was devastating. He told the family that David only had a 50-50 chance of survival. The countless visits to the clinics. The countless blood tests. The intravenous drugs that he had to endure, including all the fear and pain. It was a tremendous ordeal for David. But not to mention of how terrifying this had to be for a mother. Who had to stand by and watch her son go through all of this desiring that she could even take that pain In his place. But David. He never cried. The doctors and nurses. Became his friends. Even though they were the ones hurting him. It was these nurses and doctors. Who was probing and prodding. And and pricking him with, with needles. But whenever he entered into the clinic, he would run ahead of his mother with a smile on his face, sure to receive a warm welcome. When he was three, he had to endure a spinal tap. 
A spinal tap, if you don't know, is extremely painful no matter what age you are. It took three nurses to hold him down. Prior to taking the spinal tap, his mother said to him, Dr. Truman has to do something that will make you better. If it hurts, remember, it's because he loves you. The procedure was horrendous. David yelled and he screamed. And when it was almost over, filled with sweat and tears, he looked up at the doctor. He gasped and said, thank you, Dr. Tumut, for my hurting. I would say little David was in his steps. This little boy was willing to take on the suffering, believing that one day things would get better. It was the faith that this little three-year-old David displayed that gives us a glimpse of how we live in his steps. The Bible tells us, Chapter 11, verses 1 through 3 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And for by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen are not made of things which are visible. This is God's holy word. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for every heart that is here today. We thank you for the homes that are represented. And we pray, God, that your presence will fill them today. That, God, as we are here to worship you, we pray that during this time that you would speak to our hearts. Use the preaching. God, hide me behind the cross. You speak to us and help us to see your goodness and your grace. Help us to see, God, that we can trust you in all things. God, if there's one that doesn't know you today through your son, Jesus Christ, help them to see that they need a Savior so that they can walk in your steps. So now, God, have your way for the remainder of this service. And may you be glorified and your son magnified. This we pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen. It has been said that chapter 1 in the book of Hebrews or chapter 11 in the book of Hebrews is one of the greatest chapters in the Bible. It's known as God's great hall of fame. This chapter shows us men and women who believed God down through the ages. And there's one key thing that each one has in common. There is one key thing that is attributed to their greatness with God. One key thing that is central to them living in his steps. And that key is faith. Amen. Their faith in God. Their faith in God's presence. Their faith in God's promises. Faith in God's protection. Faith in God's provision. Faith in God's power was key to these men being great. In God's eyes. 
So when we look at men and women throughout scripture, we often see these as characters who are larger than life. We often see them as living lives that we just cannot live up to. We often see ourselves as small in comparison to these men and women of the Bible. We often see men and women mentioned in scripture as great Men and women, but Romans 3 and 10 tells us there is none righteous. No, not one. Jesus stated in Matthew, Mark, and Luke's gospel that no one is good but one, and that is God. So the point I want us to get here is that men and women of the Bible are not larger than life. They were not great men and women in of in and of themselves. But they had a great faith in a great God. Their God was, he is, and he forever will be great. So they lived in his steps. And if we are having trouble living in his steps then maybe we're having trouble with our faith. We must be having trouble with our faith in his presence in our lives. Faith in his promises for our lives. Faith in his protection of our lives. Faith in his provision in our lives. And faith in his power through our lives. I believe we want to walk in his steps. But if we're hindered, maybe it's because of our faith. Because it's not because of our God. So if we want to walk in his steps, we must understand what faith entails. So what does faith entail? Well, verse 1 of this chapter it tells us that that faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen this is the only time we find an actual definition for the word faith in scripture we can read where the bible instructs us that we must have faith we must believe in god we read where Great things happen to those who believed God. We can read examples of men and women who believed in God. However, Hebrews 11 and 1 is the only place in the Bible where we find a definition for the word faith. So when we look at the definition, we we see that word substance. That word substance, it means foundation. It means assurance title deed, or even something we may understand is guarantee. So our guarantee helps us to see faith being defined as the guarantee of things we hope for and the conviction of it happening though we don't see it. Because right here we see that word evidence, it means conviction. So when we really look at this, listen to this again, the definition could sound like the guarantee of things we hope for and the conviction of it happening, though we cannot see it. Well, that sounds a lot like faith. 
One commentator said this. He said that if we look further into this, we should see that faith is not a thing. But faith is action. Faith is an act. It's an act of the mind. It's an act of the heart. It's an act that the mind and the heart believing in something. And we have the assurance and the conviction that it's true. So if faith is an act of the heart and the mind, then we would have to say that faith is actual possession of reality. (laughs) Have I lost you? Let me illustrate this. You okay with that? (laughs) Earlier we said that substance is defined as a title deed. So if you have the title deed for real property, such as land, homes, rental property, if you have the title deed for that property, then you possess that property. Am I right? So if we act, (laughs) then we gain a title deed. If If I act, if I pay the price, then I gain possession of the object. So here, when you act, you actually possess. Somebody should have gotten this. It seems to me that you, you, nobody's shouting, so you must not be understanding what I'm saying. You acted. You believed in Jesus Christ. You believe he is God's only begotten son. You believe he came to earth, born of a woman, taking on the likeness of man. You believe he lived a sinless life. He died to provide forgiveness of our sins. He rose on the third day to give us hope or assurance that life continues after the grave. You acted you believe and now because you acted because you believe you possess what do you possess you possess salvation suppose somebody should be happy about that here today we believe in Jesus and now we possess the Holy Spirit you believe in God and now you possess his presence you believe in God and now you possess his promises you believe in God and now you possess his protection you believe in God and now you possess his power you believe Believe in Christ and now you possess an eternal home in glory. You acted and now you possess. That is what faith entails. Pour that out to inside us. That when I believed, then now I possess it. You've heard me say I'm as sure as heaven as if I was already there. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that He rose on the third day. I confess my sins to Him. And now heaven is mine. And there's not enough devils in hell to take it from me. I possess it today. And if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, whether you believe this or not, if he's your Savior, if your name's been recorded in the Lamb's book of life, you possess heaven today. It's yours because he offers it when we act. That's what faith is. I tell you, when we catch hold of that... (laughs) We can actually live a free life. I'm not talking about free to live any kind of way we want. I'm talking about free to not have to worry about the things we can't control. Because he's taking care of those. Yes. I'm so glad. (laughs) I'm so glad. That we can know what faith entails. It entails that if, if we act. Then we can possess. Listen, unsaved. (laughs) I don't care about what your life has been like. 
I don't care about where you've been and what you've done. I really don't care what you did last night. I don't care what you woke up to this morning. If you'll believe Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, he'll save you today. If you'll believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died for your sins, and that he arose on the third day, today you shall be saved. And today you'll possess eternal life. But you've got to act. In other words, you've got to exercise faith. Because it's not just enough to understand what faith is. We also must understand how faith is exercised. The writer of Hebrews shares that it is by faith that we understand that God spoke the world into existence. You see that, don't you, there in verse 3? By faith we understand that the world was framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. <laughs> the world was framed by the word of God. We can see the world. We can see the magnificence of the world. We can see the beauty of the world. We can see the ugly of the world. We can see the complexity of the world. But what we cannot physically see is the creator of the world. But when we look into the world, we know that it's not possible for the world just to have appeared out of nothing. So when we observe nature, <laughs> we know that there's someone greater than nature. Someone more intellectual than nature. In other words, he's intellectually greater than nature. He is creatively greater than nature. He is spiritually greater than nature. We can see evidence of the greater, but we cannot see the greater. We cannot see the I am. We cannot see God. So to believe that God spoke the world into existence is to exercise faith in God. <laughs> the exercising of faith. I, I'm, I'm taken back to one of the greatest steps of faith that I ever made when I came to Reedy Branch you know I didn't know anyone here not that was attending I knew brother David uh, but I knew he wasn't attending at the time so I didn't know I had been working with here for about three months when I was voted in and and I I had no idea who was voting I genuinely had no idea what I was getting into. I had never pastored before. But I knew God had called me to preach the gospel. And I know God opened this door. I didn't know how he would. But I believed he would take care of me. Do you know where we live? Do you know where this church is at? It's, in a, it's, it's right here around a dying town. Listen, I love this area. I spend more time here than I do back at home. But, but what I do know is that Fermont hasn't been growing in the 17 years I've been here. But our church has. I didn't know how God was going to take care of me. I didn't know how he was going to lead this church. But I knew he had. And I knew that he would. 
Throughout my time here, we have faced some ups and downs. We faced some times of rejoicing, some times of mourning, but God has been faithful. When I didn't know what decision needed to be made, he directed our paths. When I wasn't sure how things would turn out, he gave us assurance. When I didn't know how to get through the day, much less the week, he gave us his strength. What I'm saying is that in spite of me, he has worked in and through this church. We haven't seen him. We haven't seen his, we, we've seen, we haven't seen him, but what we've seen is his provision in our weakness, witness of him. We haven't seen him, but what we've seen is his power in our, in our work for him. We haven't seen him, but what we've seen is that we've experienced his presence in our worship of him. So what are you saying, preacher? As long as we continue to exercise our faith in him, we can continue in his steps. That's simply what I'm trying to say. Philippians 4 and 13 teaches us that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So what does that really mean for us? Well, what it means is if we are going to continue in his steps, we must exercise our faith, not in ourselves, <laughs> but in the one who, whose word endures forever. Not in ourselves, but the one whose grace is sufficient. We must exercise our faith in the one whose mercies are new every morning, the one whose compassions never fail, the one whose faithfulness is great. We must exercise our faith in the one who was, who is, and who, who is, who was, and who is to come. We must exercise our faith in the one who stands at the Father's right hand, making intercession for you and I. We must exercise our faith in the one who will come again and receive those who have accepted him as Lord and Savior. He will receive us to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Folks, we can only live in his steps when we exercise our faith in him. I have no faith in my ability. I have no faith in my knowledge. I have my, no faith in my resources. But I have faith in my God. Amen. And I believe if we're all going to be in his steps. <laughs> that together as a family. We have to place our faith in him. And not in ourselves. I, I, my understanding has failed me, but his has not. It's only strengthened me. We can't do it any other way but then to place our faith in him. And the Bible tells us when we do this, just like the elders, we will obtain a good report. Listen, David was a man after God's own heart because David believed God. And when David found himself in sin, he didn't make excuses for his sin. He bowed down and confessed his sin and sought God's heart. Moses, 
was a man who didn't trust himself. He argued with God with the call that God had on his life. As a matter of fact, Moses, he was troubled by those people that God gave him to lead. And he didn't get to walk into the promised land. But he's considered a great man of faith because he believed God. Abraham was a heathen. His family worshipped many gods. But when God called him out, he said, I'll show, I'll show you a place. He didn't tell him where it was at. But he told him he would show him. And Abraham believed. Listen, folks. <laughs> it's our faith in him. Because he's such a great God. That will make us great with God. It's nothing within ourselves. It's all because of what he has done for us. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You who are unsaved today. I want to share with you that if you will believe Jesus is God's only begotten son. Believe that he was born of a virgin, conceived by the Holy Spirit. If you believe Jesus lived a sinless life, that he died for our sins and rose on the third day. If you believe this, why not exercise your faith in the work that Jesus done on the cross? Why not trust him by surrendering your life to him so that you can begin living in his steps oh if you will trust him as your savior he will help you walk in his steps he will help you live in his steps but you've got to exercise faith would you today as they begin to sing the song of invitation is there one today who says I'm ready to exercise faith in Christ I'm ready to surrender my life to him I'm ready for him to be Lord of my life